0: Abide with me. Abide with me. Don't let me fall. And don't let go. Walk with me.
1: This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I happen to be the executive director for Influencers Global Ministries, and we're here in Bentonville, Arkansas. I'm here with uh, the founder of our ministry, Rocky Fleming. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you, Brian. And we're uh, continuing our conversations. Uh, this has been so much fun for us just to to interview different uh, people that are involved in our ministry, but also just to to have some some topical discussions about different things that we see. And I'm the I get the benefit of uh, officing here with Rocky, and and he's so many times he's just sitting in my. Uh, in my office telling me stuff and wisdom's just pouring out of him. And I said, I wish I had a GoPro in my head that I could record this conversation and share it with other people. So I think in my mind anyway, that's what these podcasts are, an attempt to, to share some of the things we're seeing with people. And so this morning, uh, there was a scripture, uh, Rocky, that uh, you and I have talked about. And uh, God has put this verse in front of me many times as I've thought about influencers. And I and I always, in my mind, and I want to get your opinion on it this morning, I really draw a connection between our mission as what we're trying to do here in this ministry and all these men and women out there who are part of this ministry, which we really believe it's a movement of God, you know, really. Uh, and again, we're, ne- we're never wanna we're ever think we got it all figured out because every time we think we have it figured out, God shows us something new. But, uh, yeah. but I, I want to read this scripture, Rocky, and, and, and you and I can just talk a little bit about some things we've seen in, in the context of this. But this is Isaiah 61. And uh, this is uh, a scripture that Jesus would read later uh, when he was on the scene and he went into the temple and he read this verse and he said, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And of course, they thought this was blasphemous, you know, when the, the old dogs heard that, you know, mm-hmm. like, who does he think he is, you know? Right. right. And I've come to believe that, that uh, obviously he was the one to fulfill this, but he's fulfilling it through us even today through his spirit because yeah. his spirit is Christ. And so let me read this and and uh, Lord bless the reading of your word as, as we put it out there forth and, and, and I, I want you all to just to listen to this verse and, and let it soak in and then we're going to talk a little bit about it. It says the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn, provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Aliens will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You'll be named ministers of our God. And it goes on from there, but I just want to stop there and uh, and just focus in on that. And, and Rocky, I've read that over and over again. And, and when I read that, I just feel like that's what I've seen happen in journey groups. I've, that's what I've seen happen with men and women. I've seen freedom for the captives. I've seen release from darkness for the prisoners. Mm-hmm. So let's break that down a little bit and, and, and kind of what your take on that is. And and, and we, we had a conversation a little bit ago, but let's, let's talk, share with our listeners about that.
0: Well, that's, a, that's an interesting and wonderful verse. And it was uh, one that uh, really provoked some people too by Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, because they couldn't conceive that he was the fulfillment of him, and uh, and I guess the reason why is because they were expecting him to be adorned with all kind of gold and jewelry and all the other things that a king should have, and um, he uh, he didn't fall in that stereotype. He came as a bond servant. He laid his down his crown and took on the role of a servant, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know he uh, he said today uh, this has been fulfilled now that was a little over two thousand years ago and but I think that we tend toward thinking that it was fulfilled rather than understand that it has been fulfilled which means it's active his ability to set people free has been established he has overcome the world And that's what he says, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Hmm. And so, you know, when we talk about the freedom that he uh, has given, I think there's a good question to say, "Well, well, what does that look like? Now, with influencers, we've had some firsthand experience over the last 16, 17 years, and it goes beyond that with me because I've seen this uh... the principles of of abiding in christ and proximity and the freedom that it brings that it began earlier in my life in the last 16 years and with people that i had been able to mentor but the thing that we have to understand is that uh... we are all born into captivity uh... from the get-go what we have to face are three uh... Enemies of our soul And that's the world The flesh and the devil And so uh, what does that break down to be When we think of the world What does What does that uh, include Well it's not necessarily The created world that God Gave us because that was beauty, Beautiful He created something of a Majesty and fantastic Work of the creator It's the corruption of the world and that was brought on by Satan. Uh, that's when the world's value system uh, began to change. That which was good, everything from the beginning, it started uh, giving us weeds, and and it gave ch- uh, women ch- uh, 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 pain in childbirth. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then there's been strife ever since. And that was created by the. The great deceiver, and so that system has been perpetuated. Now we are uh, born in this system, Brian. Uh, you and I were born into this, and the depravity of man is obvious from the time we enter this world. We are very selfish, aren't we? As mm-hmm. babies, we want, we want, we want. And uh, and so the the bottom line out of this thing is that we have inherited. The sinful condition. And that's what that means by the flesh. The world is the value system. The flesh is our nature. And the devil. And of course we have to face um, the work of the devil and his minions. It's a hidden spiritual world out there. A lot of times we don't recognize that there's work behind the scenes to try to create discord and division and diversion Uh, from the truth and to divert us away from what God wants to give us. It happens uh, all over the world. It happens in the United States. It happens in the church Hmm. that he's at work trying to divert us from the truth. And I think that there's a a great example of this when we see uh, Christian men, especially, uh, who have the ability to be set free from it. But who choose to go at, hold on to things that gratify their flesh, such as pornography, such as many things that we can put down there. Because that's our nature. Our nature is to be that way. So there has to be a change of nature. There has to be something that will set us free from that nature. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let, let's make another connection here, because I think this is interesting. Jesus used these uh, metaphors all the time. And I love his metaphors because when you when you dig into them, I mean, they, gosh, they just uh, speak to you. Now, here's an example. It's not only Jesus, it's, it's throughout the Word that we see these metaphors as an example what we just read there, oaks of righteousness. Mm-hmm. Oaks of righteousness. Now, when you, it, I, I lived in Mississippi and on the Gulf Coast, you had some of these uh, Spanish oaks and uh, the, the oaks that lived around the coast and they're extremely old. They're extremely uh, thick, uh, hard, hard, even hard to cut. But it's interesting that w- the reason why uh, in the early days that the American ships, Uh, that were so good was because they used these type of oak timbers to build them. Hmm. Old Ironside was built from that. Some of the greatest building material in in history has been by using oak. We see barns and buildings hundreds of years old and they've got oak, it's almost like turned to steel. Hmm. It's so hard and so strong and so durable. And so Oaks of Righteousness is building material for God's work. Mm. And that Oaks of Righteousness in that passage is talking about people who have been raised up to be building material for God's strategy to build the church and the church to set captives free. So you have to take these metaphors and go with them. So here's another metaphor that Jesus used, because the question is, all right, we're born into this world with this nature that's contrary to the God. We're born into this world in a value system that's contrary to God. We're born into this world where we've got the devil and his minions are going to be tempting us and bringing us to his way of thinking and dealing with things from the beginning of our life and all through our life. And so how are we set free from that? Here's what Jesus said. He says, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest and take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, here's the metaphor. That yoke he's talking about is for two animals. The people there would have understood that, that there are two animals in that yoke, one on the right, one on the left. And generally, when when anybody was ever training a young animal to work in that yoke, they would put them in with an older animal, the one that was seasoned, the one who knew how to plow, to take orders. And that young animal would learn from that older animal. Now, in a similar fashion, Jesus was saying to get in the yoke with him and learn from him. You see, we do have kind of a wild animal in us, and it's called the flesh. And our flesh can be yoked to Christ to be able to be set free from the world, the flesh, and the devil. That yoke is a picture of proximity. Mm. It's very similar to the other metaphor that he used that we famously repeat and that is to abide with Him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We learn to walk with Him. Now that walking with Him and being yoked with Him now gives us the ability to be set free. That make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. All right, when you were talking about the yoke, I was just thinking of another connection point. Uh, and, and to me, it connects back to Isaiah 61 as well is when uh, Saul... Who became the Apostle Paul was called, yeah. and and we, we we've heard about his Damascus Road experience right. and the light blinded him and all that, and and there's a there's a point in Scripture in Acts 26 when he's recounting this story to King Agrippa, and he sa- he says this he says, I heard a voice saying to me, Saul Saul why do you persecute me, it's hard for you to kick against the goads. Hmm. And a goad was a, like a sharp stick or a point that was behind the, you know, the oxen mm-hmm. or whatever. They would stick them and try to point them a certain direction. Right. You know, and, and so in other words, Saul was not adhering to that. He was trying to kick against it right. and go his own way. Right. And, and God was all the way trying to get him to go. And how many, how many men out there are kicking against the goads right now? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, And he says, <clears throat> Saul said, who are you, Lord? He says, I'm Jesus whom you are persecuting. He had no idea he was actually persecuting Jesus himself. Uh Get up and stand on your feet. I've appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you've seen of me and what I will show you. I'll rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes, turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, so they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are being sanctified by faith in me, mm. so that's what you just described. When a man comes to Jesus, you know he's set free. Right. And he was telling Saul, who was going to become Paul, "You have a role in this, you right. know." And 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 that's just seeing it lived out. Live that Isaiah sixty one lived out. Well, it's interesting. Uh, you know, it's not just for Paul, right? Uh,
0: because this is this is what Jesus said to his disciples, and he says. To go and teach them what I have taught you. That's right. Uh, that's what a disciple does: is he follows his leader, and then he teaches what his leader has taught him. And this is what Saul Paul was being told to do. Now, uh, it's interesting when Jesus said that, "Why are you persecuting me?" But what Paul was doing, he was persecuting Christ's church. Mm-hmm. But in a similar fashion, he was persecuting Christ himself. And I think we need to remember that. And that is when Christians are being persecuted in this world, uh, Christ is also being persecuted. Mm-hmm. Because we have. he has that vested interest in our lives. He is in us in the beginning. Whenever we have Christ that comes into our life, anyone, anytime we make a profession of faith and it's a legitimate request for him to come and save us, uh, to, to come into our life, then he's faithful to do that. And his spirit enters into our life That be, from that point. He begins to abide in us from that point. But we don't necessarily begin to abide in him. Mm-hmm. That's the process From the point that we receive Christ Is that he begins to try to help us Understand that there's more to it Than just salvation It has to do with a relationship And it's that relationship As we begin to move closer and closer To harmony with him Within his spirit Us with him Then that's when we begin to see freedom Mm -hmm. That's when we began to see ordinary men able to do extraordinary things. Hmm. Not just outward to other people, but also inward. What do I mean by that? I'm talking about addictions. Hmm. I'm talking about those things that they think they can't get rid of because they're so addicted to it. You know, they can't, it's, they, it's overcoming them and all that. But when there is an inside transformation in this relationship with Christ, it works its way out to the surface of our life. And then those things that have us in prison, God has given us the key to unlock the door and walk out. Now, does everybody do that? I reminded us of a story, Brian, that, that uh, it was a, a man was walking down a, a street. A uh, good man, good old man, and he'd seen a, a, a kid who had learned to capture birds. And it was a special kind of cage and a special kind of contraption that he, he developed. And he had all these beautiful songbirds in this cage. So old man said said little, to the young, man, said, young boy, he says, what are you doing with those birds? He says, well, I've developed this way to cap- capture these things, and now I'm going to have some fun with them. He said, what kind of fun are you going to have with them? I said, well, I'm going, to, I'm going to put some lighter fluid in them and light them and set them on fire and see how long they last flying around. I'm going to put them in a barn. I'm going to take them a BB gun. I'm going to start shooting them, target practice. I, I got a lot of ideas I'm going to do with them. i have some fun with them. So the old man inside was weeping. He was trying to determine what can I do to save these birds. So basically he opened his wallet and he showed him all the money he had, which wasn't that much, and he told the, the boy, he says, look, I'll give you everything I got here if you'll let me have those birds. The boy said, yeah, that's fine. So he took the money and went. And the cage was of birds was left with the old man. And the old man reached down and opened the door to let those birds out. And some of them flew immediately and found their freedom. But there were some other birds that had gotten used to that cage. They didn't understand that they had been given freedom. And they were not accepting that freedom. They were still in their prison even though the keys to the cage had been unlocked and the door had been opened. And he had to convince them. He had to move in there with his hand. He had to stir them up a little bit. He had to agitate them to let them take their freedom in the same way Christian men have been given their freedom. The door has been, the cage has been bought, they have been purchased, it's been opened. Some of us have just take that freedom and go with it, but many of us stay in our addictions, stay in this world, stay in that cage when we don't have to. And the message of influencers is to say, you don't have to stay in that cage. We have been given the freedom. And you can find that freedom by investing your life the rest of the way and move to that intimate, abiding relationship that he is holding out there for you. And when we move into that, we also move out of that cage. And then we take on the wings of eagles. Another metaphor.
1: <laughs> and we've we've seen this, haven't we, Rocky? I and mean, we've seen men, I and mean, we've seen it in ourselves, yeah. I think, and we've seen it in other men and women, and we've seen people set free. And we've seen oaks of righteousness formed. Yeah, Brian, we couldn't we
0: could not be as passionate about this message if it were not that we have seen and experienced this freedom. Mm because we that's our mission. We're just simply messengers. That's all we are, we're messengers. Mm-hmm. And we're messengers with experience, not theory. Mm-hmm. We're not theologians. We're practical, uh, we're practicing uh, Christians who use theology to guide us. But we don't know the Greek and the Hebrew and all the other things that Many people know we're not the intelligentsia of this. We're the Peter, James and Johns, the seamans. <laughs> you know, the guys off the boat or <laughs> fresh off of the out of the cotton field. Mm. Like old Mississippians like me. <laughs> we're just ordinary guys who've been captured by our king and set free. And we have to declare it. Mm. We're just simply messengers. Mm. And that's why we have the, 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 the passion we have, because over the last 17 years, we have seen the freedom that it's given. Let me ask you this, Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've, you've been at this now for, what, nine, ten years?
1: Uh, about 12. 12 years. Yeah.
0: Passes fast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell me some examples of freedom that you have seen in men, women, families, et cetera, et cetera. What are some things that you've seen as a result of them getting in this abiding relationship with Jesus Christ?
1: Oh, I mean, there's so many different examples. Uh, I just, I think about, um, I think about the the saying that most men live lives of quiet desperation. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we enter in these journey groups and, and you have no idea what's going on, really going on with people, you know? And a lot of these men that I have invited to the good groups, I thought I knew mm-hmm. them. And I had no idea, you know, one of them was struggling with his wife was an alcoholic and his life was just a mess, you know, and and he just his whole life was just desperate. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another man entered into my group and his son had committed suicide, you know, and and the devil was trying really hard to tell him it was his fault and he might as well just take his life and just end it, too. And, And I saw him set free. As he start came into that grace and, and Christ saying, "There's now now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus," yeah. and start becoming a, a light to other people and ministering to other families who would lost children, and, and then start doing prison ministry, you know, and and just, you know, whereas Satan was just trying to take him out. Wow. Um, I've seen guys who who were really uh, jerks. They were jerks to their wives. Um, they were all about their, themselves, all about their their career, thought they were, they're making money, that should be good enough, yeah. and then any spare time they had, they spent playing golf and doing their own their hobbies and everything they wanted to do, and their families came way down on the list, and uh, their wives were almost like widows, you know, and uh, anyway, God grabbed hold of their heart, and they just saw, they saw how they were treating their wives, they saw how they were absent from their kids, and they just started changing it. Yeah. It, it wasn't a quick process, but they started changing it. And wives have taken notice, and, and they want to go through the journey, or they've come and talked to us about it, you know. So the stories go on and on, but I've just seen this in a real practical way. I've also seen guys who just, they were just going to church. They were just going to church because they thought it was their duty, and they're just sitting there, and, you know, sometimes they might get a word out of it. Most of the time they're bored. Mm. You know, they don't sing. They, they never sing when the, when the worship's going on, you know, because they can't sing like me. They can't sing, and they probably thought it was kind of feminine or something. And God gets hold of their heart, and all of a sudden, not only do they want to go to church, they want to worship, but they start looking how they can serve. They want to serve in their churches. They yeah. want to serve their families. You know, I've just seen, I've seen this transformation from a person in despair into an oak of righteousness. Yeah. And I love how it says that they will restore the ancient ruins. They'll restore places long devastated. They'll start changing their family and restoring their family, yeah. and then that starts changing. Uh, churches it starts changing communities, and I know this sounds lofty and all that, and i 'm preaching to the choir with you, but no no, but I p- hope people are listening i mean i I believe this is what happens well, you believe it because you 've seen it, yeah. yeah,
0: well, let me tell you what i 've seen okay uh, i 've seen some uh, adults who were still in prison because of child abuse hmm. uh, i 've seen women who were abused by their fathers, set free from uh, the wounds that they had. I've seen men who were abused by their fathers uh, and mothers set free. I've seen I've seen uh, people that are imprisoned to a root of bitterness. Uh, you know that thing is like cancer, spiritual cancer and it just eats away with you and a lot of times it comes because of unforgiveness in our in our life because of something somebody, did to us that really 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 hurt us Mm. now that person goes out of our life we never see them again but what they did remains because we hold on to it right
1: Mm.
0: and it gets it festers and it gets deeper and deeper i've seen uh, women uh, a woman an older woman by the time that she got to in her 80s because of unforgiveness that she had back uh It happened when she was like 20 or 21 years old, something like that. But she had never given complete forgiveness on that. She had never reconciled that. Mm. And so here it was 70 years later, roughly, uh, resurfacing like it was just uh, happening all over again. And I think that when you get older and when you lose some of your restraints, it often happens, you will go to that which you have not gotten rid of. Mm. And um, and God wants to set us free from that, Brian. That's another example of freedom. That's why he spoke so much about forgiveness, because he wanted us to be free mm. from the root of bitterness that would come. He doesn't want us to continue to hold on to those things, because it, it debilitates our ability to have all the good things that he wants to give us, which means freedom. Mm. So we give up to get. Mm. and. But we don't know how to do that until we get in the yoke with him and begin to learn from him. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, I think the greatest uh, reason why I want to forgive is because I've been forgiven. But if that's not always before me in dealing with people, I'm going to be conditional in my thinking. Yeah. I'm going to deal with, deal with them in a fair way. And that is, I'll do for you what you did for me. But the Lord said, Nuh-uh-uh. "I want you to go the extra mile." If they want you coat. Give him your shirt too. <laughs> um, what he's saying is, you know, if we want to, if we want to practice being a disciple of Christ and do it the way He did, um, here's the way we do it. One is that we are always fair, but we never demand it for ourselves we're merciful and not give people what they deserve. And at some point, he's going to be walking with us so closely and us with him, that Jesus is gonna help us to do that, which is impossible for people to do, mm. and that is to give grace. Mm. It's gonna flow through us. And that's a freedom when we can begin to deal with life that way. Mm. It's an emotional and a mental freedom to not be uh, shackled by our past or our past temperaments. For a long time, I, I, um, I pretty well was that kid from Mississippi that had to fight to get out. And, um, and that nature in me was uh, victimized me more than it helped me. I thought it helped me, but I began to see how it was really hurting me hurting relationships, hurting me and then as I began to fall in love with Christ and see the, the great love he had for me and how he had graced me, it, that in itself began to, to become a spirit of thankfulness in me that began to change me mm. and it set me free from emotional bondage of that temperament that I was not only born with and raised with, but had adopted as as a survival. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That's just an example of I've seen. But, you know, there's another one, Brian, that that we have seen, and that's in our prison ministry. Mm -hmm. Because we have men behind prisons that are finding maybe more freedom than some of the men out here who are not in prison. That's right. Right who are successful, who have beautiful cars and homes and money, but are in bondage as, as much as those guys are that are, are locked up in prison. Mm. But we see men in prison that have found freedom within their hearts, within their, within their spirit, within their, within their perspectives, and they can embrace where they are. And find the love of Christ who embraced them, mm-hmm. and they're still locked up, but their souls have been set free. Man, this is the kind of stuff we're talking about. You can't yeah. explain it.
1: No, no, it's it's all supernatural, really. Yeah. And really, that's all the journey is—is is a tool to help people find that. That's it, and it works. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why we're so passionate about keeping sharing this message and, and raising up more people to to do journey groups. To, yeah. you know, so. Uh, so, you know, our time our time is in Iraqi, but I, I know that there's a lot of people out there listening to this have probably gone through the journey, and I pray that they gave themselves to what God wanted to do in their lives, and they found that freedom. Mm-hmm. And if they have found that freedom, I just pray that they would be giving it away, helping other people You'll find that yeah. freedom, you know? And, uh, and that's one thing that um, I think as far as Satan's work, I think he tries really hard to get people just to be complacent and not... Not help others, find what they have found. Yeah. just be happy with just stay in the inner chamber and not leave and go out and go find some more refugees. and so so um, it's our constant prayer that God will raise up more leaders, more men like this, oaks of righteousness, who are anointed and called to go preach the good news, to go bring people into journey yeah. groups. And uh, don't you think that's what we just want to keep challenging the people out there to are you are you making disciples? are you are you helping others find the freedom you found? Well, remember what I said about the birds in the cage, yeah. Because uh,
0: he wants to give us freedom, and he wants us to be the eagles mm. that mount up That's right. and uh, and fly for him. And uh, part of that is to join him in reaching other people. That's right. That's our destiny. That's what we're raised up for. As the church, we're not just raised up to wait to go to heaven. We've been raised up to build his
1: church. And I love what you just said. Join him in his work. Yes, it's not like we're out making it all happen. Yeah. We're just joining him in yeah. what he already wants to do. Right. That that's beautiful. Well, thank you, Rocky. I'd, and and I hope you guys have enjoyed this this conversation. And and hope you'll just press in and read sixty, so, uh, Isaiah sixty one for yourself and do a little journaling in there. If, if you went through the journey, you know how to journal. Um, but uh, we would love to help you if you if you would love to lead some other men or women in a journey group and, and you don't really sure how how to do that or you're you're a little uh, intimidated about that let us let us encourage you and help you you can contact us at our website influencers.org and uh, I would be glad to help you or one of our great regional directors out there are always doing guide training and. Anyway, this it's a beautiful thing. If you think you got something out of the journey and you, when you went through it the first time, you'll never believe what you'll get out of it when you go and, and go help guide other people to it. So so anyway, this is the uh, Influencers Network Podcast. Uh, I'm Brian Craig. I've been your host. And uh, we just want to say, uh, abide in Christ and go make disciples. That's, a, that's our charge. And uh, God bless you all.